Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Monday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B, Monday after the AFC and NFC Conference Championship games. Both were tremendous, um, drama-filled, <laughs> different styles of games. One was a heavyweight, low-scoring bare-knuckle brawl. The other one was a heavyweight, high-scoring shootout uh, with a tremendous comeback for the San Francisco 49ers. We'll recap them both as we move forward, and we are. Rod will have his first rant of this Monday morning. Also get some uh, bullisher BS for the end of the hour as we get you rolling on a Monday, the 29th of January, final few days of the first month of 2024, and our Super Bowl is set. It's going to be a nice, uh, I think it's going to be a nice matchup, but I said it earlier. I don't know if I'm picking it against Patrick Mahomes anymore. I've, I've done it a couple of times, and every time I look foolish. I told you. So, yeah. I mean, the start of the season, I mean, I like everybody else, my Super Bowl pick was 49ers and the Chiefs. Yes, it was. I just watched the Chiefs <laughs> throughout the season with that wide receiving core, with that pedestrian, underwhelming wide receiving core, and I thought to myself, there's no damn way they're going to be able to get to the Super Bowl with that wide receiving core. And I watched the Ravens just annihilate the best teams in the NFL for you know, down the stretch of the NFL season and thought to myself, all right, new information. I think the Ravens might be able to take them. Best defense in the NFL with the uh, – they're the only defense in NFL history. We talked about this. To lead the NFL in takeaways in sacks and scoring defense. They, they got home field advantage. They got a hell of a defensive coordinator in Mike McDonald. And they got the MVP – and the Chiefs look as weak as they've ever looked during this dynastic run. And I thought to myself, all right, I feel confident picking against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, too many data points were in the Ravens' favor. Oh, it didn't matter. It didn't matter because all that mattered was that they had Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes had the greatest tight end of all time to throw to. And the bromance between he and Kelsey, it, really, it, it just drove the offense. It lifted the offense to a higher level, even against – a defense, the best defense in the league. So if that defense can't stop it, then there's no defense that really can stop it. <laughs> you know what I mean? That really the Travis Kelsey Patrick Mahomes connection, and they later in the game figured out a way to you know kind of neutralize the Kansas City offense. But yeah, I don't pick against Patrick Mahomes again. I mean that's just it's foolish at this point to do it. I, got, I remember when I got to that point about Brady. I remember when I was like, no, I'm not picking against Brady. And I remember when I got to that point about Michael Jordan. I'm, he's kind of in that category now. I don't need the data points. I don't need the analysis anymore. I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just not smart. And you're right, Ty. You're right. You picked him the whole time, and that's why I should I should have never wavered. Should have stayed. I was like, no, he's gonna, they're going to find a way to win. Find a way. Because it's Patrick freaking Mahomes. 
Well, somebody just texted and said, well, I heard all last week that it's the worst offense of in the Mahomes era. It and, is. And, it's, and they're not a good team. No one said they're not a good Nobody team. Nobody said they're not a good team. They're a very good team. Uh, but it is the worst offense of the Mahomes era. And that's saying <laughs> a lot because, I mean, this is – but, but this is where you give credit to the Chiefs and the organization because they've – and we've talked about this really all year long and really for two years now. They understand they have a, a transcendently great quarterback. And, you know, the initial thought would be, okay, well, let's just load up on, on offensive weapons and let Mahomes go to work. Well, no. They've gone to a very, I think, smart blueprint of, okay, let's rebuild the offensive line first, then let's rebuild our defense, and then let's let our clutch quarterback win his games. I mean, we'll let our defense – this is what Brady and Belichick did for years and years and years, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have a great defense that will, you know, keep games low scoring and, and keep teams out of the end zone, and then you have a clutch quarterback who's going to make huge plays and big moments and is going to win you football games. It, it's a great recipe. It's a championship uh, recipe in my mind, uh, and, and they're, they're replicating it. But this was a winnable game for Baltimore. Let's not uh, confuse that. Baltimore had their opportunities in this football game, and they did not show that championship medal. They I mean, whiffed. That, they, they whiffed at an mm-hmm. opportunity here where, yes, they gave up two quick touchdowns. Not quick, but two touchdowns. Touchdowns on the first two drives. But they only gave up three points the rest of the way defensively. And the three points they gave up right before the half were their own fault. And they gave up 30 yards in personal fouls to allow Harrison Buckter to kick a field goal before the half. That was – I mean, if you're – you know, this is not like a John Harbaugh team. You know, two 15-yard penalties. Uh, They give you 30 yards to – because, again, if you go back and watch the beginning of that drive, the Chiefs were ready to go to halftime. They, they were going like to yeah. run the ball. They were satisfied with what they had done. It was 14 7. Yeah. They knew they were getting the ball coming out of half, and uh, two 15 yard penalties put it out towards midfield, and then it just took one completion to get you into field goal range to Kelsey, of course. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. next thing you know, they're, they're, they've got 17 on the board, but that's all they scored. And in the second half, the opportunities were there for the Ravens, and they w- couldn't take advantage of them. And as I said uh, earlier, I mean, between those two quick touchdowns and then the 25 yard pass to clinch it. The, the Chiefs only gained 38 yards more than they gave up in penalty yardage. Mm-hmm. They were so undisciplined yesterday. It so, was uh, very un-John Harbaugh-like for a team. And uh, you, you, you take 95 pe- penalty yards, eight penalties for 95 yards on top of two red zone turnovers, Rod, and you whiff it an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, like I said, those – essentially the interception late by Lamar Jackson, that cost them points to Zay Flowers – Fumble on the goal line, that's your points. And then I think you're right, the um, the unraveling <laughs> of the, the – the really, you can tell you, – you really could tell that the Ravens hadn't been that deep in the playoffs as a team overall. You could Their inexperience just showed. I mean, it was just – it was Zay Flowers all, in particular. Yeah, Zay Flowers. I mean, all the guys, right, those it, – it's crazy. Like Van Noy, because Van Noy actually has playoff experience. He was the Patriots for years. But, you know, that early penalty by him – and Travis Kelsey laughing because he had drawn a a penalty, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, because he knew. And I think in that moment, and I love, I, I bet it'll come out later when the Chiefs talk about it. I think in that moment they knew, oh man, these guys are way too emotional. These guys are overly emotional, and it worked against them. And I think they were playing off of the emotion of the crowd. That was the, you know, they hadn't, they hadn't hosted a AFC title game uh, in that in that stadium. They were on an emotional high. And I think it worked against them. And it was it was something that the Chiefs used 
because the Chiefs were poised, and in those big moments, they you can tell their experience showed the fact that they had been there already. They did not panic. That was a team did not let the pressure of the moment get to them. The pressure got to the Ravens. It was, yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. They, well, and, and they folded under the pressure. And that that, that uh, Kyle Van Noy player you're just talking about happened right before half. That was one of those 15-yard penalties yeah. that allowed the kick – because it was 14-7. I mean, because Lamar Jackson did respond to the opening touchdown with a touchdown to Zay Flowers of his own. It was a good ball game. Uh, and that's to the point of the worst offense in the Mahomes era. And the, this Chiefs team was right to, right to be beat. I mean, it really was. They were there, and the Ravens couldn't go take it from them. The fumble at the goal line, uh, the inexplicable Lamar Jackson, you know, interception into triple coverage. A throw you just can't make in a playoff know. game. You can't make that game. They can't make the throw in a regular season game. I don't know what. Well, it's a playoff game. Those are just things you can't do. And uh, you know, it. It again. This this was a Chiefs team that was resilient and tough and poised. But they were there to be beaten. And, but kind of like the the Bills had their chances to go beat that team and couldn't. That's uh, what's well, Rudy Tomjanovich. You never underestimate the heart of a champion. You got to beat the champ. And uh, they they were unable to do that and give the Chiefs a ton of credit. Um, great game plan by Andy Reid. Great game plan by Spagnola. Great execution by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I mean, and, and Chris Jones. Their, their big-time players show up, though. They don't have a lot of them in terms of their the big-time elite players. They just got a few, but they always make plays. Chris Jones is making plays all over the field. Um, and they, you know, I, I will say this about the Chiefs. They, they have a different blueprint. It looks very different than it did when they started this dynastic run. But they just reinvented themselves, and they found a way now. They're kind of built off Spags' defense that keeps them in the games, like you said. And then the offense, uh, it, it's, it's really about converting for them. They, really, they, they went from – remember, they, they used to be a, an offense that had more deep passes down the field than anybody else with Tyreek Hill and all the speed on the field with Travis Kelsey. And now they're an offense that's really just about putting together sustained drives and, and ball control. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I do think the scary part for teams like the Ravens and the Bills and everybody in the AFC is they will add more offensive weaponry this offseason. I mean, oh, no they, they will add yeah. more, and this will be – and that then they'll have more weaponry to go with that defense, which they've – which is very young in the secondary. You got to figure out the Chris Jones thing. Chris Jones, he needs, they, he, he he needs to be there. Yeah, he needs they, to get they, paid. They need to pay him. But they've drafted guys like George Karloftis and, of course, Charles Amenahu with a strip sack fumble yesterday that was he critical will. before he got hurt in that game. Uh, so, you know, they, they, they're a well-built team. And this was the year to get him, I guess would be my point. This would have been the year, especially for a team like the Ravens who had him in their building with the opportunity – and uh, they couldn't do it. They they they, did, they weren't up to it with Lamar Jackson. And uh, uh, meanwhile, over in the NFC, you had Brock Purdy in the 49ers rally. Let's get to the quick headlines, get you caught up on the news of the morning. Then Rod's going to have a rant. We've got you uh, all your conversations covered this morning. Uh, obviously, the Super Bowl is set. Top stories brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. And, yeah, it was uh, NFC and AFC Championship Sunday. Over in the NFC last night, how about the Detroit Lions? They roared out to a 24-7 halftime lead over top-seeded San Francisco. But Kyle Shanahan's 49ers responded. Great adjustments at the half, and they scored 27 straight points in the second half to erase the deficit and then held on for a 34-31 win. Uh, Niners quarterback Brock Purdy led five second-half scoring drives, three went for touchdowns. He finished with 267 yards through the air, also rushed for 48 yards, which were crucial. Uh, and send San Francisco to the Super Bowl for the eighth time in franchise history. As we've talked about, their opponent there will be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who held on for a 17-10 win on the road in Baltimore. Kansas City scored on their first two drive touchdowns. 
uh, to put 14 points on the board. They kicked a field goal just before half, and the Stingy Chiefs defense did the rest. They held Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to its lowest offensive output of the year, forced two huge fourth-quarter turnovers to preserve the win. Super Bowl 54, two weeks from yesterday in Las Vegas. Also from football over the weekend, plenty of news from that coaching carousel, which is spinning quickly about uh, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. After tabbing Vic Fangio to coordinate their defense, they have added uh, former Cowboys and Chargers offense coordinator Kellen Moore to take control of the offensive side. 35-year-old was blocked from all interviews until the Chargers hired Jim Harbaugh late last week. New Falcons head coach Raheem Morris, meanwhile, has hired L.A. Rams quarterback coach and passing game coordinator Zach Robinson to be his new O.C. In Buffalo, the Bills removed the interim tag from their offensive coordinator Joe Brady, gave him the full-time role. Of course, Brady took over for the Bills on offense when Ken Dorsey was fired on November 14th. Buffalo won six of their last seven games to claim the AAFC East title. Ken Dorsey, meanwhile, was hired by the Cleveland Browns to be their new offensive coordinator. In college football, Michigan officially promoted offensive coordinator and offensive line coach Sharon Moore to replace Jim Harbaugh as head coach. The school announced on Saturday, 37-year-old agrees to a five-year contract. And how about from the uh, high school coaching ranks? After retiring as the head coach at Westlake two years ago, the Hall of Famer Todd Dodge has announced he is coming back to coaching. He's accepted the head coaching position at Lucas Lovejoy High School up in the DFW Metroplex north of Plano. 61-year-old will start his new position today. Texas basketball after their loss at BYU on Saturday. Quick turnaround for Rodney Terry and the Longhorns. They will host Houston tonight at 8 o'clock. That game tips fourth-ranked Houston, the fourth consecutive ranked opponent the Longhorns will have faced. They've gone 2-1 and one so far. Texas women, meanwhile, rebounded from their midweek loss last week to Oklahoma. They took down Cincinnati 67-50. to 50. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Such a great game plan by uh, Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator for Kansas City. I mean, Lamar Jackson just was – they never got in a rhythm. Even that big play they had to Zay Flowers, I mean, it – he kept that play alive for, what, seven and a half seconds, something like that, almost eight seconds, and that was an off-schedule play. But they were never in a rhythm. They never were able to consistently find success in any, with any concept. Right? Nothing really worked. For the Chief, it, Travis Kelsey, right? finding the soft spots in his own, worked consistently. I mean, never had any completion throwing to Travis Kelsey, finding the soft spots in the zone. They didn't, the, Chief, the Ravens never had that. They never had anything on offense that they could rely on, that they could go back to, and just getting, getting, getting to the point where Steve Spagnuolo kept them guessing. Um, Lamar Jackson, even the, the quarterback running game never really worked. They did not give themselves a chance. You talked about the stats about the running game overall. Uh, but then the passing game, they thought they'd be able to throw. Um, and I think they thought they'd be able to throw kind of quick, high-percentage passes against the Chiefs, and they never did. I mean, nothing ever really worked for them. Um, and then they shot themselves in the foot a lot. Obviously, they've been their own worst enemy, but you got to give Spagnuolo a lot of credit, um, and he was fantastic. That was a great game. That was one of the best. That's probably was the best game plan against Lamar Jackson all season long. Yep, I mean, as good as the Ravens' defense was this year, number one in all those categories, but uh, the Chiefs were right there behind them, and uh, they've really rebuilt this defense, and they are so good in coverage. That's, again, why it's confusing to me with the Ravens. A lot of things confusing. Dan Campbell shouldn't be confused, but – not taking field goals when they're there. But uh, for the Ravens to only hand the ball to running back six times in the whole game, I, mean, if you, I said this last week, how am I going to try to beat this team that covers so well? My receivers are good, but this, this group has, in Kansas City has covered even better wide receiver cores than yours. But you got to run the ball. I mean, you got to control the ground. you got to you know, keep your team on schedule. They handed the ball to a running back six times in the entire game. It was a one-score game for a majority of the game. Yeah. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, 
I mean, that, that, that's a fail on Baltimore's side, and it plays right into Steve Spagnuolo's game plan it really did. because they're able to keep them off schedule, and then the pass rush can get home on second and third and longs and the coverage. I mean, there weren't a lot of open receivers, and that's what, that's what Kansas City specializes in uh, with, with McDuffie and LJ Sneed, LJ Sneed and all these guys. They're really good in that back secondary. Uh, all right, so uh, good stuff with Baltimore and, uh, and Kansas City, San Francisco, Rod, the year 40, your, uh, your guy Kyle Shanahan's. They're calling the, they're calling the Shanahorns. The, the Shanahorns, Shanahorns I like that. beat uh, Dan Campbell and the Aggies, and that was for a lot of Longhorns. That was the, was the rooting interest in that game last night. Uh, Longhorn at head coach versus an Aggie at head coach, and the Longhorn gets the win in a great game, 34-31. Can we get to Rod's first rant of this Monday morning? Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it, it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I just want to keep talking about the championship games, obviously, since we're um, segueing to the NFC title game between the 49ers and the Detroit Lions. I want to stay there. Talk about Brock Purdy a little bit. I mean, so the last two games, he's basically been mediocre to pedestrian for that first half or even the first three quarters of that game versus Green Bay. He was mediocre to average to below average versus Detroit in the first half. But then the last seven minutes against Green Bay, after they were down 21-17, Purdy completed six of seven passes for 49 yards. Um, Niners went 69 yards in 12 plays, beat the Packers 24-21, got the game-winning drive touchdown. First win for, for Shano in that situation where you're down five to eight points in the fourth quarter, having to go win it because the 49ers famously under Shano, they have built that team to get a lead and choke you out. So not really meant to come from behind, and yet Purdy did it against Green Bay. And then his second half against Detroit, he's very average to below average, pedestrian in the first half. And the second half, while they're down 24-7, 17 points, Purdy accounted for 223 yards um, and led San Fran to uh, 24, led him from his, uh, to 24 second half margin over the first 27 minutes of the half. After the break, he completed 13 of 16 for 174 yards and a touchdown. He had four rushes for 49 yards. So in two playoffs comes in that stretch, all right, after the basically the last seven minutes against Green Bay and the second half against Detroit when he's down seven points, sorry, yeah, 17 points to Detroit, and he is down uh, 21-17 to Green Bay. You're talking about him being 19 of 23 in that stretch. Uh, for 284 passing slash rushing yards, combine them. And season on the line. Game-winning drive opportunities and in a clutch moments. So I don't, I don't know how you feel about Purdy. I know some people really, you know, they think Purdy is very limited and that, you know, Purdy, want, he will be exposed at one point. And maybe he will be. And maybe he's being exposed right now because against these high-level, really good teams, uh, you haven't seen them put together, you know, a consistent, complete game but, man, there's something about Purdy in clutch time that's pretty freaky. And he's doing stuff for the 49ers that really Shano hasn't been able to solve, which is when you're down in the fourth quarter 
you know, and, and, and have to have a manufacture a game-winning drive or a clutch moment. He hasn't really been able to do that prior to this postseason. And when he's down double digits, this is the first win, I believe, for my man Shannon when he's been down more than 14 points and been able to come back and win it. It just doesn't happen a lot with his system. It's because the, the 49ers are just not constructed that way. But Purdy gives you that ability. Um, so that is uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that's, if he continues, I don't like the fact that they get down. Because I don't, I mean, I think for the 49ers, that's a dangerous place to be. But now it's not as troublesome because at, before Purdy, they hadn't been able to come back in those situations. But now with Purdy, for whatever reason, he allows them to have that clutch gene to be able to come back, even if it's down double digits against good teams. That is not something that the 49ers, even with Shano, have been able to do. The 49ers, that was the, uh, th- that was the, the largest deficit uh, overcome, the 17-point halftime deficit, the largest in conference championship history. So, I mean, nobody really overcomes a deficit like that. No, it's hard, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to criticize Purdy at this point because of – the clutch gene. I mean, that's really what it's about. And look, they've got great individual players on that team. We know that. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's, a, a, you know, an elite player, maybe the best running back in the game. Uh, the play Brandon Ayuk made on the the tip drill, fifty-one was... yard catch, was just a remarkable individual effort and play. Debo's, you know, a great player. You know, Kittle's a great player. Um, we know this, but you know, it's the quarterback that that stirs the drink. The quarterback has to make the plays. And if you compare. You know, the, the, the Brock Purdy versus who's the guy who's going to be the MVP and Lamar Jackson yesterday, I don't think it's even close of which, which quarterback rose up and made plays for his team when they need him uh, and need him most. Um, Lamar Jackson made critical mistakes in the biggest of moments, mm. uh, which prevented or, you know, helped, helped prevent his team from winning. Brock Purdy made plays. He did. Uh, whether it was scrambling for 48 big yards, you know, making big throws, mm-hmm. converting, and leading the comeback. I mean, I think the Lions helped a lot with, with – Dan Campbell's coaching decisions, but at the same time, Brock Purdy rose up. And whatever draft pick he was, wherever he was, whatever the doubt is, I think um, it's not going to be eliminated for everybody. But, man, he these last two weeks in, in clutch time, he's been huge, huge. He will. And, and, and kind of saved his team. He did. That is the uh, first win in the last two years for the 49ers when they were down at least 14 points in Shadow's career. He's, well, now 3-30 and 30 straight up went down at least 14 points um, as a head coach. He was 2-29 and 29 going into that moment. So, you know, he's not over, but, man, it's usually when the 49ers are down double digits under Chanel, that's all she wrote. They are evolving with Purdy right now. Yeah, because you can trust him. I mean, think about it. You could argue the Kyle Shanahan's team has been outplayed the last two weeks. They have still been. won because of Brock Purdy. That's the scary thing. Yeah. Because it's, bo- it's, for- it's because of Purdy they've been outplayed, but also because of Purdy they won. Yep. He's both. The yep. reason they were outplayed and the reason they won. So I'm not really sure. I to- Some people are saying he's being exposed, and maybe he is, but he's still finding a way to win in clutch time. Yeah. So I- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I I will admit he has not played great the entire game, but when the game's on the line, he's played his best football 
Uh, so I'm sure Shano's a little stressed out about it. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's, 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 it's showing that he may have the clutch gene. He may not be a great player overall, but he's got the clutch gene, and that's important. Yeah, it's important, it, man. Well, I mean, again, not to make everything about the Cowboys here, but we are in Texas. I mean, no. you know, if, they, if, if Dak Prescott had the clutch gene each of the last two years, they probably would have beaten the 49ers, right, with the ball and a chance to go down and put something in the end zone. Brock Purdy's already shown it on two occasions this playoff run because, of course, last year he got them to the AF, NFC Championship game, got, then got hurt. Mm-hmm. very early in the Eagles game, so we didn't get to see any clutch gene from him last year uh, with the Eagles on their way to the Super Bowl. But this year it's been on full display and uh, very impressive for sure because those are the moments you have to rise up. And that's why I feel bad for Lions fans today because I feel like their coach, who I like a lot, and Dan Campbell, you know, hurt his football team yesterday. Being himself, I get it. But, you know, it wasn't like Jared Goff and the, and the Lions were terrible in the second half. They mm-hmm. moved the ball on several occasions. They had the big fumble. They had the one three and out where they didn't move the ball at all. But Jared Goff was still moving his team. They were he still – and, you know, you just, you just need to take those field goals. Take those points. Give your team a chance. And I get it. Uh, you, this is what you do. But, uh, you, you know, in the, in the anatomy of a comeback or a collapse – typically the offense and the defense collapse. In this case, I didn't think the Lions' offense was terrible in the second half. It wasn't as good as it was in the first half, but they were still moving the football. Their coach per, you know, didn't take field goals when they were presented to him, and they ended up losing this game. But the Niners you know, went and took it. That was, that was really impressive, the way they you know, turned it on in the third quarter. And then, uh, I mean, to outscore a team at one point you know, in a playoff game with the final four teams to go on a 27 nothing spurt, that's really impressive. Yeah, no, it is. Like I said, I, I, I'm, I, I'm not a huge Purdy fan. I respect Purdy, but uh, there's everybody's got to respect that he may have the clutch gene, and like you said, Dak doesn't have it. People are questioning Lamar Jackson's clutch gene right yep. now. Um, Josh not, Allen. Josh Allen. So you can. I'm not saying he, he's a better. Those guys are better players than him overall, but man, not all of them can perform at their best in and be clutch in critical moments. He's been that. He's been huge. He's been that. Uh, this says, guys, another pair of Big 12 quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. That's right, yeah. Well, we have Big 12 quarterbacks and – Patrick Mahomes, that's going to be the case for a while. So, <laughs> right? I mean, that's because yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the case for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa State and Texas Tech hooking up in the uh, Super Bowl this time around. Well, Texas fans, y'all can't be claiming they're the Big 12 no more. I mean, y'all pretty much done yeah, with it. SEC now. Yeah, exactly. You're pretty much <laughs> done with that. I mean, you could brag about it if you want to, I guess. But well, we still got a baseball season to run yeah, through the Big sure. 12. I guess you got till June. Time. I guess you got till June. July to claim 1st. It. July 1st. Okay, you got till July, July 1st to claim is the it, official. We are now member of the SEC date. Mm, yeah. All right, we'll come back. Good stuff from Rod's rant. We'll take your thoughts on championships Sunday, the games, the, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Also, that coaching carousel. If you're a Cowboys fan, what say you about Kellen Moore? Now running the offense in Philadelphia with wow. Vic Fangio on the defensive Come side. On. Want Rod's thoughts on that coming up. And yesterday in Baltimore, we heard from Jim Harbaugh for the first time since he accepted the head coaching job of the L.A. Chargers. We'll hear some of that coming up. Also, bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Took him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook him Up, 101.9 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh, man, what a weekend. Super Bowl 58 is set. It's a rematch of Super Bowl 54. Looking forward to it already. Kyle Shanahan and the Niners against uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Chiefs. And a lot of folks weighing in on the uh, specs or the, uh, the text line, 512-447-3776. It says uh, Dan Campbell went full Dan Gamble 
That's true. Dan Campbell's mm-hmm. not going to win championships making decisions like that. If he was doing that in Dallas, he'd be hated. Well, he has done that all year in Detroit. It's uh, how he thinks. I mean, it's yeah. if you've watched the Lions, when they cross midfield, they feel like they're in four-down territory, and that's uh, the way they've operated. Uh, I, I, I will say, watching this game yesterday with a lifelong Lions fan, a buddy of mine, I said it half. I said, I said, to, I go, Matt, if they if they get into field goal, he's got a kick. If you're up 17 on the road with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, this is where you say, Rod, break tendency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you are, but at the same time, you you need points. If you have an opportunity to get points, keep adding points. Don't not add points. And he did it twice. He did it in the third quarter. He did it in the fourth quarter. And man, in a ended up in a three point game. Obviously, those are critical decisions a coach makes that can help his football team. Because you knew the Niners were going to make a push. You knew the Niners weren't going to go down without a fight on their home field. And um, you just got to keep trying to add points, which they had two opportunities to do so after nice drives and uh, came away with nothing in both occasions. It's, he says he doesn't regret it because that's who they are. But at the same time, I think in time, because, you know, who knows? I mean, they look like a young team that can be back here again and again. But it's, a, it's NFL football. You just never know. Yeah, you don't. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think the, the first one I fully supported. The second one I do think – because I'm going to tie the game back at 27. Yeah, based on the, the situation and the circumstance, you probably should have decided to be a little bit more judicious about that decision. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell, that's who he is. That, that is He coaches with an emotional edge, and he, we saw that in the Cowboys game too. Right? Even after that, he kept being backed up because of penalties. And he lost. And, and he lost, <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, I, I'm not shocked. I, I watch a lot of Detroit Lions football because that's – one of my teams. Yep. And I he's been like that all year, man. Once they pass the fifty, they they play four down football and it's worked out for them most of the season. I'm I'm not gonna criticize him in the biggest moment for him doubling down on who he is. But I do say in big games you gotta break tendency. You gotta find a way to do it. I think in that moment that was the perfect time to do it. And there's a good chance well, you'd be playing in the Super Bowl. Or at least you had a better chance yeah. to give yourself more life. Sure. Uh, and I, uh, the second one especially. The first one came in the third quarter. The first one, yeah. I, honestly, but this is the one after you had given up the lead now. Now it's 27-24. Yeah, now you know the, now momentum, the momentum is not on your side. Yes, and you yes. have a chance to get the game back tied. Yes. Stem some momentum. Yep. And instead, when you didn't get it and you allowed the Niners to stop it, it gave them all the momentum. That game was over when you didn't get that first down. And, you know, that's, that's the kind of stuff a, a head coach can, can help his team. Because you're, you're, you're trying to fight the momentum bug, right? You're trying yeah. to stem, say, because look, think about the Chiefs. I mean, I'm, I'm still sitting here thinking, if you tell me before the game starts that the Chiefs in this game are going to score 17 total points and they're not going to score a point in the second half. You'd be like, they're going to lose. I would have told you the Ravens are winning all day. Yep. All day. But the Ravens self-destructed. They made dumb mistakes. They fumbled the ball at the goal line. Uh, they threw an interception when you can't. I mean, and so credit to the Chiefs' defense. But at the same time, I felt like it was – and that's what I didn't see the Lions do. I don't think the Lions cratered like I watched the Ravens do um, on their home field. The, the Lions just – they didn't play as good in the first. Second half, they did in the first. They had a fumble that was critical to the comeback. But then those two decisions, I think, really, really, you know, the head coach hurt his team. But you said it, Rod. They, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Speaking of head coaches, two quick stories, Rod. I want your thoughts on a tie. Ty, are you surprised that your coach in high school, Todd Dodge, is coming back to coach high school football again at the age of 61? That was announced over the weekend. Lucas Lovejoy, which is a uh, program up there in Collin County, up north of Plano. Uh, Todd Dodge is coming back to take over as the athletic director and the head coach. They went 12-2 and two a year ago, and he's uh, ready to take the reins of another program mm-hmm. 
South Lake Carroll, Marble Falls, West Lake. Are you surprised at all by this tie? I'm not. Um, I know he still had the itch to coach, and I just probably just waiting for the perfect opportunity. I mean, I, I probably the initial thought when he left West Lake that he was done, spent some more time with the family, but. As we all know, you can't keep a ball coach away from from his whistle for too long. Yeah, and you know what? He even said it to Dave Campbell's Texas football. The big part of it is, you know, he's – his son Riley coaches at South Lake Carroll now, and they've yeah. got grandkids. Mm-hmm. And part of his retirement here at Westlake is he wanted to spend more time with his grandkids. And yeah. so now he gets to do both. He can coach because it's not that's not super far from South Lake Carroll. There you go. Right, both in the Metroplex. So he can coach there and the itch, as you say. He's a seven-time state champion uh, but he takes over a, a program that's pretty good and a good place. Their 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 head coach departed to become this, the offensive coordinator at Stephen F. Austin. There you go. So he's going to the college level, and Todd Dodge is like, well, this is a good job. It's right where I want to be and uh, up here in Collin County, and uh, so he can be around his grandkids. Good for Todd. We'll try to talk to him at some point this week. He actually starts today. He said because they, they said when are you starting? He said today. <laughs> wow. Monday. We need you right away. Yeah, he's the AD, and and remember UIL realignment is coming. Here in early February, where they realign the districts again, and that's in the DFW two. area too, right? Yeah, it's everywhere. Man, that arms, that arms race up there. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, good dude. for Coach Dodge. Also, Jim Harbaugh is the new head coach of the LA Chargers. That came down last week. Of course, Michigan named Sharon Moore his replacement at Michigan, and um, you know he he highly apparently highly recommended the Michigan hire Sharon Moore to take over as he moves on. But this was yesterday, Rod, before the AFC Championship game. Obviously, Jim Harbaugh was in Baltimore to root on his brother and the Ravens. And uh, Bill Cower asked uh, Jim Harbaugh, was it a tough decision to leave? How tough was the decision to leave your alma mater? And uh, why did you make the move back to the NFL? Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh man, we're playing the Super Bowl Shuffle wow. on a Monday. That's old school. That, that, is that old Super Bowl school. was in New Orleans. This Super Bowl's in Vegas, both party towns. Get ready for a party, Niners and uh, Chiefs. And uh, Rod Bullish, your BS time. I got a question on both of these games here coming up, but also this. So far in the playoffs, as a uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have, have faced high-powered offenses in Miami, high-powered offense in Buffalo, and a high-powered mm-hmm. offense in Baltimore, and they've won all three games. And um, if you're looking at the, the point totals, the Dolphins scored seven points. Bills scored 24, Baltimore scored 10, and the defense has been the key, along with Patrick Mahomes and clutch play by the Chiefs, but uh, pretty impressive. And now they've, uh, they've, they've started, the, the Chiefs have a one-point underdog in Super Bowl 58 to the San Francisco 49ers. What side of this are you bullish on as we sit here this morning, uh, Rod? I'm not picking against Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I told you that. I'm done. I'm not picking again. He's in that category now. He's, you know, I, like Tom Brady. I remember when I got to that point about Tom Brady, got to that point about MJ. No matter what the data points tell me and what my analysis tells me, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. He's just that good. He's just that good. He is just that. He's at that point now where it, it, the advantages that the check, you know, obviously the boxes that are checked for uh, the Ravens, I thought the Ravens had the advantage in this matchup. And I think I still think they do. I think if After I After watching the game, out, I still think they had more uh, advantages. No. The biggest advantage <laughs> that Kansas City has is they got the best quarterback on the planet. 
and he and it makes that big of a difference. So I'm not picking against him. I picked against. I remember when I picked against Patrick Mahomes a few times. I have, and it's made me look silly. I've only done it like twice, but it makes me look silly every time. And that made me look silly. Yeah, I mean, he's just that good. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> But you can't you can't say one without the other at this point. I don't think I don't. You can, you have to say Patrick Holmes. You also have to say the Chiefs' defense has been huge and have have really oh, risen yeah. up and uh, allowed this to become that's true. Um, you know, a, a Super Bowl caliber team because they did only score 17 points. And they didn't score a point in the second half um, against this Ravens defense, but didn't matter because the defense made huge plays. Um, but but so you're early bullish on the Chiefs. I agree with you. Um, take them. I, I know Ty. Where are you? Where, just the early one. It's essentially it's a pick 'em game. It's a one point line either way. Over under a forty seven and a half. Do you have an early bullish lean on Super Bowl Fifty Eight? I'm sticking with my Chiefs pick. Yep, you should. You should. <laughs> but you know what? Now we got this new this new storyline because the Chiefs defense has been able to handle Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Tua. Now they get Brock Purdy. This should be the easiest of the assignments. It the, should be, but yes. But there's something about this kid, man. It's something about him in clutch time, though. But he's going up, up against Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think anybody's more clutch than Patrick Mahomes. You're right about that. So we're, we're talking about Purdy's clutch gene, which he has shown the last two weeks. I'll take Patrick Mahomes' clutch gene over his clutch gene. I think Patrick I Mahomes is going to play well, but this game's going to be about the run game for the Chiefs. I think Isaiah Pacheco is going to thrash that, that San Francisco front. They've looked well abysmal in the past few weeks. Especially on the edge. I told y'all Detroit was going to hit him on the edge. Over and over. Man, they just I love pounded him. in the first half when uh, when their Bun Johnson, their young offensive coordinator, it was Ooh. really cool. They were they were, they were running. They brought in their backup right tackle, and then they were to play right tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, using Sewell. and then they're using Penne Sewell as kind of tight end. Yeah, H back. Golly, Ooh. and he was leading the gap. I mean, it, that guy's so athletic. But you know, six zero line package. But you're doing it with a guy, and you're moving him around like an H back. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it was like holy cow. It's scary. And it Dan Skipper, scary. the back, the guy they bring in, he's six ten. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, that's a and that's that's why the second half performance for the Lions was disappointing. They didn't, but the, they made some adjustments to it. But this is where Andy Reid, you're bullish on Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare. You know, one of the things they've done here, realizing we don't have the weaponry on the outside that we normally would have, and our receivers haven't developed where we need them. Mm-hmm. They've gone to the, as you heard Tony Romo talking about a lot, they've gone to this three tight end package, Rod. They've gone heavy. Mm-hmm. They run the ball with Pacheco, and then it's it's about, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, dissecting, you know, keeping drives alive. Uh, and, make, and then it's about this defense. And credit to Patrick Mahomes, who's realized, wait a second, I don't have to win this game. I just have to not make big mistakes and, uh, you know, find my guy Travis Kelsey over and over again. Yeah, I mean, he's they they got a six game post game uh, postseason winning streak right now. He hasn't thrown an interception in those six games, guys. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's only been sacked. He's been sacked, I believe. I think it's been sacked five times in that in those six games, um, but hasn't thrown an interception at all. And during their six-game postseason win streak, he's playing the best teams in the NFL, guys. Yeah, no, best defense, the best defense in the league, best coaches, and he's at his best. So that he just he doesn't he doesn't he does not make many mistakes. He does not. He just it just maybe one or two again. And, a and game. then when they need a huge throw like he did to Kelsey, when that about that Travis Kelsey was covered. Oh, the one to Scanley. To Scanley. Yeah. That was bad. It was huge. Huge throw. And he just and he just, puts, he just put the touch on just just enough. He could have, if any other type of touch, he probably would have went too far, or he would have went far enough, and defender would have been there. Perfect amount of touch on it. Well, and then think about that: if that ball's incomplete, it's the Ravens' ball at midfield. Oh yeah, oh yeah, down seven. Yeah, now, they probably would have turned it over. <laughs> <laughs> Sports, unsportsmanlike conduct. Fifteen-yard penalty for something. Yeah. 
Oh, man. But, yeah, he's, he's just too good, man. I can't pick against him. It's, he's making sports boring for me. You're making, you're making this boring for me, Patrick Mahomes, okay? I like the analysis. I like to go where the evidence leads me. I can't do that anymore. I just got to pick him. Well, and it's, it's him with a great coach and a great D.C., and it's right. just a really, really high-level combination uh, that they have going in Kansas City right now. And that's what the Niners have to try to beat. And then Ty's upset because Taylor Swift, she's going to continue to be shown on TV. Oh, oh, we got two weeks of that. And she's got – I believe she's got, like, a, a show over in like Japan. It's like Tokyo or something. Like, something yeah. like that two days before the game like She'll that. Oh, uh, yeah, she's she going to make it. She'll make it for, She'll her, make it. for, her, for her boo thing. For <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis Kelsey was pretty badass yesterday in that game. What a performance uh, to get back to the Super Bowl again, along with his, uh, his guy, uh, Patrick Mahomes. We'll take your thoughts. Obviously, Chiefs and Niners fans happy. Lions and Ravens fans left to wonder what could have been if Dan Campbell had taken some field goals, if the, mm. the Ravens hadn't turned the ball over at the goal line, and Lamar Jackson throwing in the triple coverage in the end zone. What are we doing? Come on. Come on, man. That's what we do on Bullish or BS. We're talking all things Super Bowl and the championship games, plus preview that big Texas-Houston game tonight at Moody Center. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. And when you're ready to make